Welcome everyone into the greatest combat sports and culture show in the entire universe, The Fight Podcast. I'm your host, The Underground King, Serge Vicente, and this is episode 211. We're keeping the party going, man. We're going to have a good time today. So as we all know, this weekend, it's here. It is finally here. It is finally time. And uh, fights are back, man. UFC 249 is finally actually active. We're here. And um, I think everyone's looking forward to the card, man. I have been someone, and I've said it time and time again, I do not believe that this fight should currently be happening. I don't. I've said it before, and I'm going to say it again. Um, I, I don't think it's a good idea. But with that being said, that's the, the, the logical side of me. The logical side of me is like, dog, we shouldn't be doing this. This is a bad idea. We don't know what could happen. You know, we're still on quarantine. Like, this is nuts. But the fan in me, the fan in me, dog, <laughs> I can't wait for this fucking card. I can't. Um, and I'm going to be honest with you. We're going to go ahead and go over everything today. We're going to talk about the card in its entirety. Um, but on today's menu, we're going to go ahead and discuss, obviously, UFC 249. Is UFC 249 the greatest card of all time? We'll discuss that. Also, Cowboy Cerrone speaks. He talks about not being mentally prepared for his last time out. Is he going to be ready for this one against Showtime Pettis, somebody who he's already taken a first round loss to before, or is he going to be ready? We'll discuss his comments and so much more. Uh, we're also going to go ahead and talk about former UFC middleweight champion Robert Whitaker and the reason why he pulled out of his last fight and so much more on today's um, episode. Lastly, also on today's menu, Mike Tyson. I know all of us have seen him on the uh, on IG and social media. But is he actually going to come back and fight Shannon Briggs in Bare Knuckle FC? I'm not sure, man. I'm going to be honest with you. I'd hate to fight either of those two gorillas in terms of uh, in, in Bare Knuckle. I wouldn't want to fight them anywhere, but uh, especially there, man. So we'll talk about that, man. So without further ado, let us go ahead and jump into episode 211 of the greatest combat sports and culture show in the entire universe, the Fight Podcast. Um, I hope you guys are doing amazing. Uh, I am here in LA right now. It is a beautiful day. Sun is shining. The birds are chirping. Um, makes you want to go outside and take a walk, man. So wherever you are in, in the world right now I hope it is beautiful enough outside for you to still go out and enjoy yourself and uh, and enjoy this 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 weekend man this is an important weekend it's special fighting is back sports are back and guys like me are back talking trash on a mic so uh, let, let's go ahead and jump into it man UFC 249 is this weekend Dana White told Breck Akamoto of ESPN that not only will we have UFC 249 this weekend we will also have not one not two but three full cards in an eight-day span this is nuts where is it being held come on we all know where it's going to be held that's just in Florida the Florida people are all about that life it's going to be in Jacksonville Florida at the what is this called it is the Veterans Memorial Arena in Jacksonville and it will be without a live audience okay um, a lot of us have been really concerned about how this is going to go ahead and continue going. We were, we, I've been very concerned about what is the protocol going to be. And 
ESPN actually recently announced today that the UFC actually has over 1,200 COVID-19 tests. And they're going to go ahead and actually, they have a 30-page write-up. That's what Dana White was saying. There's a 30-page write-up that they're actually, they're willing to give to all the other sports franchises and teams out there. And this is their safety protocol. They're saying they're taking extreme measures. Um, Even today, this morning was the weigh-in, the official weigh-ins. All fighters except for Jeremy Stevens made weight. Jeremy Stevens, um, he will actually be fighting Kelvin Cater on this card. He missed weight by four and a half pounds, bro. And that's the thing. Jeremy Stevens is one of those guys that, yo, fam, he's he's a veteran. Like, that is a legitimate vet. Somebody who shouldn't have an issue losing weight. But I think it really shows how difficult training and cutting weight and doing everything that we're supposed to be doing during this time is. And this was one of my reservations, especially considering the card itself. How are they gonna cut weight the same way? The stress that they have, everything that's going on, and now you have one of the biggest veterans, probably the, the, the veteran of all veterans on this card, misses weight. And now he has to not only jeopardize his health, he has to actually forfeit a minimum 20% of his fucking purse. Dog. Tell some, go to work and tell him like, nah, man, you can't get 20% of your bread because we have you working out here during COVID. That's fucked up, man. Um, I'm upset that that happened. Usually I get on the fighters when this happens. 1,000%. I'm always like, it's on them. It's your job. You have one job to do. You literally have a job to do. But when you have this a short notice fight, when you can't train properly, these are the type of things that happens and it ends up affecting the fighters. Um, I'm not happy about it, but again, at the end of the day, it seems as if the fight is going to continue going forward and, and we'll end up seeing what happens, man. But um, Dana White said that they're not going to be one, two, but three cards. The cards will be on May 9th. May 13th and May 16th all at this arena. Um, there will be no audience in the arena. It is literally gonna be the fighters. They are only allowed three coaches. Um, there will be a cornerman. They only allow three cornermen. There is obviously everyone. The commentators will not actually be next to each other. Um, they will be on each side of the arena of the um, of the octagon. So they're they're trying to do everything they can. There is legitimate social distancing. They get tested for COVID every day that they're there. So not only do the fighters get tested, also their cornermen and their families as well. So we'll see what happens. Um, I am hopeful that everything, in, at least in terms of that, ends up being pretty much okay and safe. Uh, but we'll see. We will see what ends up happening. All fighters are there. Everyone weighed in. Um, but let's talk about this. And, and this is a little bit of fun, but uh, we have to be you know, a little open to it and really thinking about this card on the grand scale of things. Is UFC 249 the greatest card of all time? Is UFC 249, has there been anything better? And I'm gonna be honest with you guys. I am Mr. Recency Bias. Yes, when somebody whoops somebody's ass, I'm like, he's the best I've ever seen. When other things like that happen, I get excited. And I'm gonna be honest with you. When you look at this card from top to bottom, Obviously, only time will tell. We don't know how they're gonna perform. It can be literally 12 fights 
of decisions. It looks doo-doo and that could be the actual thing, but it's not. It might not be. Now on paper, how does this car look on paper? And let, let's just go out there and, and say this. I'm just gonna go ahead and read everything from the early prelims all the way on. The car starts off with Ryan Spann and Sam Alvey. Solid card, uh, light heavyweight bout, two good, good dudes. Bryce Mitchell and Charles Charles Rosa is the second card of the night, fight of the night. Yo, this should absolutely, this is a main card fight. These are guys that could arguably in the next year, year and a half, be in title contention. Right after that, you have Vicente Luque and Nico Price. This is a fight of the year contender right off the bat. And these are on the early prelims. This shit's like on ESPN Plus or something like that. It's not even on Big Boy ESPN. Now let's talk about what's on Big Boy ESPN in terms of the actual prelims. The actual prelims start off with, which is incredible, Uriah Hall against Jacare Souza. This is the number 10 ranked versus the number 14th ranked middleweights in the world. Two guys that are dynamic, one of the greatest grapplers that you'll ever see against one of the most exciting strikers ever, almost like this old school striker versus grappler kind of mentality. Dude, amazing matchup. This should not be on the prelims when you really think about it. Carlos Sparza, Michelle Waterson, two of the best females we've ever seen. Both women have held uh, belts. One in the UFC once held belts in Invicta. I mean, these are the upper echelon of the 115 pound weight class. Then you have Alexi Olenek, the number 12 ranked heavyweight against the former champion and probably, in, in my humble opinion, the greatest grappling heavyweight of all time. And that's Fabricio Verdum. Fabricio Verdum is back. He's been off for two years because of my, my, my man pissed hot for the Mexican supplements. He did. He really did. But he's back. And I can't wait, man. He trains out there in Huntington Beach, California. He trains with Rafael Cordero. Ooh, we'll talk about in a little bit. Rafael has been training with Iron Mike Tyson. Um, so we'll talk about that in a little bit. But this is also on the card, which is incredible. And this fight actually headlines the prelims. Anthony Showtime Pettis, former champion at 155 pounds. The man who graced the cover of the Wheaties box. Absolute monster. He is fighting Donald Cowboy Cerrone in the um, in the in the welterweight bout. And this is actually gonna be the headliner of the prelims. I'll say this: in terms of the card in the totality, is the card itself actually the greatest card of all time? We don't know yet. But I will say this, in terms of the prelims, there has never in the history of MMA ever been a card that the prelims are this good. This is the best prelims of all time. It is not even close, stamp it. You have former champions on here, lightweight former champion, heavyweight former champion. You have legends on this. Donald Cowboy Stroney, Anthony Pettis. You have prospects, Bryce Miller, Charles Rosa. You have guys that are fight of the year contenders every time they step out there. Vicente Luque, Nico Price. This is all on the prelims. Just the prelims. It is nuts. The, the Dana White man and he, he I'm, man, let me, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stand up. We're gonna go ahead and give Dana, Uncle Dana gets a standing ovation for this one. The card that Dana White and UFC have put together 
is incredible. This is, and I haven't even started to talk about the main card. What I just tell, told you guys, any other time, this is legitimately a headlining pay-per-view card. And that's just the prelims. Let's go ahead and talk about the main event, and then we're actually gonna go ahead and talk about my picks and everything from there, okay? Uh, moving right along, let's go ahead and start off. Let's start with the main event, the one everyone's waiting for, the one we've all been talking about, um, the headlining event. Tony Ferguson, number one ranked guy, um, going against Justin Gaethje, number four ranked guy. They're fighting for the interim belt. This fight is uber exciting. Yes, it is not what we expected. We wanted to see Khabib. We wanted to see the two best two guys that haven't lost in forever. Khabib has never lost 27 and no. You have Tony Ferguson who has not lost since 2012. Think about that. He's fought in the best division in all of combat sports, in the best organization in all of combat sports. And then he's gone eight years without taking an L, fighting the best of the best? <laughs> Dude is a monster, man. I'm telling you, um, Tony Ferguson is a guy that I have literally talked shit about forever. I've said, I don't believe in his skill set. I don't know, man. He's kind of corny. He's kind of weird. Regardless of how corny and how weird he is, skills pay the bills, man, and nobody has more than Tony Ferguson. I cannot wait to see this fight, but he is fighting against who I consider the most violent man in all of MMA, and that is Justin Gaethje. Justin Gaethje's taking this fight on short notice, and I'm gonna be honest with you guys. He's coming with it. Justin Gaethje only has two losses in his entire career. Um, he's the WSOF, which is now the PFL's former champion, um, and he's been on a tear. Before Cowboy Cerrone got dealt with by Conor McGregor, the person who knocked him out in the first round a month before was Justin Gaethje. Justin Gaethje, man, is dangerous. He's someone who is very well-rounded. We only think of him for putting paws on people. He puts fisticuffs on there. He walks people down. He has hella pressure, and he knocks you the fuck out. But here's the thing about him. We forget he's an all-American wrestler. Not only is he an all-American wrestler, he's actually trained at Grunge Training Center. He trains with Trevor Whitman, one of the greatest striking coaches of all time. Who is Trevor Whitman? If you guys actually watch the broadcast on ESPN or watch the broadcast, the UFC live broadcast, there's always somebody who they call in. Hey, tell us about the technique that they used. Who is that guy? The voice, the voice of God up there? That's actually Trevor Whitman, man. One of the greatest coaches of all time. Um, he's incredible. And um, he has trained the likes of, I mean, all the guys that we grew up watching that used to fight at Jackson Winklejohn, GSPs, Rashad uh, Evans, um, all the dude, everybody up there. Um, uh, Keith Jardine. All these dudes were trained by Trevor Whitman. Also, Rose Namajunas, Pat Berry. All of them also are trained by Trevor Whitman. Dude is incredible. He is one of the best coaches of all time. And he actually trains Justin Gaethje, man. So let's talk about these dudes really quick. I'm going to depth with um, in their records and everything. Tony Ferguson, 26-3. and three. Again, he has not lost in eight years. Against Justin Gaethje, he's 21-2. The only question that I ever have about Justin Gaethje is how does he perform against the upper echelon guys? He seemed for a really long time that the only individuals that he would really struggle with 
are the elites, the upper echelon. Essentially the exact same thing that I've said time and time again about Donald Cowboy Cerrone. Donald Cowboy Cerrone is great. Donald Cowboy Cerrone is a legend. But anytime Donald Cowboy Cerrone has to face someone who is actually at the upper echelon, someone who is actually one of the best fighters in the world, a la Conor McGregor, he gets dealt with. And that's what seemed to be happening with Justin Gaethje. He lost to Dustin Poirier, violently. He lost to Eddie Alvarez, violently. But it seems like he might have taken a corner. He might have taken that turn. He and Trevor Whitman in the past have said one of the things that they said. They were like, look, man, I got to get better. I got to move. And this is how they're going to go ahead and actually do that. So um, I can't wait to see what happens with that one, man. Um, he seems as if he's actually made the, the, the jump. And we'll end up seeing what happens with that one, man. So I can't wait to see what happens. I'm going to be honest with you guys. I am picking the underdog. 1,000% I'm picking the underdog. I'm going with Justin Gaethje in this matchup. Yep, go ahead and uh, put some cash on it. Um, also in this, man, let's go ahead and talk about uh, the co-main event. We're going to go ahead and fly through these guys. Um, Henry Cejudo, the champion, Triple C, Mr. Cringe himself, is fighting against Dominic Cruz. Dominic Cruz, the former champion, unfortunately has not fought in over three and a half years, okay? Um, because of injury, but he is arguably the greatest 135-pound MMA fighter of all time. I can't wait to see this fight. At first, I wasn't excited about it, um, but when you think about the matchup and you actually look at the skills, Henry Cejudo is amazing when he's coming forward. He's going to come downhill and he, he's aggressive, but you cannot hit what you cannot see. Dominic Cruz has been amazing at it. The only time I've seen Dominic Cruz not do well is against a great counter puncher like a Cody Garbrandt who he lost to. Um, he did not. He does not fight that way. Henry Cejudo, I don't believe, has that skill set, so we'll end up seeing what happens. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm doing it again. I'm picking the underdog in this one. Um, let's go ahead and move right along, man. So I'm picking Dominic Cruz to get his belt back and then retire. I think he's going to win his belt and go ahead and fall into the sunset. Um, this is going to be arguably one of the ones that we've all been waiting for. One of the, the scariest fights of the night. We have Francis Ngannou, the scariest heavyweight in the world. Number two ranked guy. Absolute monster. Um, he is a record of 13-3. and three. He is uh, fighting against Jardino Rosenstrike. Rosenstrike is an absolute beast. Trains down there in Hard Knocks uh, 365 in Florida. Um, he is a, a former glory heavyweight uh, contender. He's a He has something like 70 pro kickboxing fights in his career. So huge kickboxer coming over. Um, I can't wait for this fight. Someone's going to sleep. 1,000% someone's going to sleep in this fight. And uh, I'm going to be very honest with you guys. The UFC has wanted Francis Ngannou to be that guy forever. I think Jardinia Rosenstruck gets him because he is a more technical striker. So I can't wait to see what happens with that one. And I will keep you guys posted. Um, keep going. Jeremy Stevens and Calvin Cater is on this card. Um, Jeremy Stevens missed weight, like I said, by four and a half pounds. I have Calvin Cater taking this one. I think this is going to be a great fight. I think this will actually be the fight of the night, though. Uh, so keep your eyes on this fight. It should be incredible, action-packed, uh, back and forth. Both these guys have great boxing. Both of these guys have great power. I would say Calvin Cater is a tad bit more 
technical in his skill set, but Jeremy Stevens has the, the, the ultimate eraser, man. He has it in both hands, in both legs, in both knees, in both elbows. I've seen him knock everybody out in every single capacity. I love this fight, man, but I got Calvin Cater winning in a decision on this one. All right, uh, keeping with the heavyweights, and this actually starts off the card. That is going to be Jurgen DeCastro against Greg Hardy. I've been hard on Greg Hardy, man, but ever since I've talked to his coach um, in front of the show, Dean Thomas, I'm going to cut him slack. He says he's grown up from his issues that he's had um, with all the shit that happened in the NFL. He says he's all right. I'm gonna give a benefit of the doubt. I'm gonna be very honest with you. I, I keep it a buck. You put your hands on women, I can't fuck with you. And and that's kind of how I feel about Greg Hardy. I don't I don't give a damn. I'm glad he's gotten better. But at the end of the day, you've done it once, you've done it again. Um, and I can never cheer for you because of that. So I'll cut you slack in terms of reaming you every time because I'm a friend of your coach. But at the end of the day, um, what you did, what he has done, uh, that you, 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 I'm not about somebody slapping women around. So you can kick rocks sideways. So, um, but he has to get in there and fight. He's been a formidable guy in here. He's beat some people that I'm fans of, I'm friends with. And uh, now he's going in there with Jurgen DeCastro. Uh, Massachusetts stand up. Uh, Jorgen's an absolute monster and he has hella power. D really difficult to get on the ground. I have Jorgen DeCastro winning this fight via first round KO. Wow. There we go, man. Um, this is this this card is like I said is amazing, man. Um, those are my picks, and let's just go ahead. I'm gonna run through all of my picks for the entire card. We're not gonna break every single thing down, but I'm gonna go ahead and knock it out. So, I have Justin Gaethje, I have Dominic Cruz, I have Jardino Rosenstrike, I have Calvin Cater, I have Jurgen DeCastro. In the prelims, we're gonna go ahead and knock go rock with Anthony Showtime Pettis beating Donald Cowboy Cerrone. I have Anthony Pettis beating Cowboy Cerrone because they fought before. I've seen this happen before. And if Cowboy Cerrone does not have a mental edge on his opponent, he takes an L. That's just going to happen again. So we're going to go ahead and rock with Showtime Pettis. Fabricio Verdum is back against another amazing grappler. This is probably the two best grapplers of all time uh, competing against one another, man. And uh, not of all time. Fabricio, yes, Olenek is a beast. Um, we got Fabricio Verdum in this one because Fabricio Verdum is hands down better in terms of the striking. That's why I have Fabricio Verdum in this fight. Carlos Sparza and Michelle Waterson are on this card also. I have Michelle Waterson winning. I think she has consistently performed at a higher level. I think her last couple uh, matchups have looked better. She's looked better than Carlos Sparza has looked. Um, I think she's a more well-rounded fighter than Carlos Sparza. Carlos Sparza is an incredible wrestler. In terms of female MMA, she might be one of the best wrestlers. It's not talking about Tatiana Suarez. Tatiana Suarez is the greatest female wrestler that we have ever seen in MMA, but um, Carlos Sparza is an absolute beast, all-American in her own right. She's a monster. I don't think she's going to get uh, Michelle Waterson down. I got Michelle Waterson winning this fight via decision. Um, and then we have Uriah Hall versus Jacare Souza. Amazing fight, a fight that a lot of us have been waiting for. Um, Jacare Souza is a little low in the tooth. That's why I'm gonna go ahead and rock with Uriah Hall, man. I think he is finally figuring it out. He has looked incredible his last few times out. The only person he's lost to in his last four is um, honestly the number two one contender right now at middleweight, which is Bohachina. 
And um, and honestly, he was winning that fight before he got he got caught. And guess what? It's the name of the game, man. Sometimes you get caught. So we'll see what happens with that one. But I have Uriah Hall winning that fight. And let's finish off with this. Uh, early prelims. Vicente Luque and Nico Price. We got Vicente Luque winning that fight. Bryce Mitchell versus Charles Rosa. I have Bryce Mitchell, the young gun, the the Alabama's uh, or Mississippi, wherever he's from. Um, uh, Diaz brother. I'm rocking with him. And I got Ryan Spann versus Sam Alvey. Incredible card. I cannot wait it's gonna be amazing so let's do this we're gonna take a quick break and uh we're gonna go ahead and talk about a couple things we're gonna talk about cowboy Cerrone and um and, and mike tyson uh, when we come back All right, welcome back. Quick break, had to get a little drink. Um, let's talk about, in this fight, Cowboy Cerrone is coming back um, to compete. Last time we saw him was in January when he got dealt with by uh, Conor McGregor. Conor McGregor beat his ass in 42 seconds, and now he's competing against somebody who beat his ass in two minutes not too long ago in Anthony Showtime Pettis. Cowboy Cerrone has actually come a little under a little fire, and he's pretty much said that Cowboy didn't show up to his fight against um, Conor McGregor. Cowboy didn't show up. Donald Cerrone did. This is... He is who we thought he was. I say that shit all the time, man, but he is who we thought he was. This is what he does. He's done this kind of time and time again, and when the lights get brightest, Cowboy don't show up. So, do it. with that being said, do I forgive Stephen A. Smith for shitting on him before, you know, after and, and all the post-fight aftermath. I've talked about this, so I was blue in the face, uh, how despicable I think Stephen A was because of that. And I'm gonna be honest with you guys. No, he doesn't. Um, he's still uneducated in the sport. And even though Cowboy admitted he wasn't ready, there's a way and there is a decorum in terms of talking about fighters. This isn't, you know, NBA. This isn't football. I can't come back tomorrow and do well. You People are going out there and getting touched, man. So what Stephen A. Smith was despicable, he obviously doesn't understand or know the sport and his arrogance gets, it gets him too much. And that's what it was. Um, in terms of Cowboy, look, man, Cowboy, it is what it is. Um, Cowboy does not show up up when two things happen the lights are at his brightest or he has an opponent that's not afraid of him or does so it doesn't doesn't give him respect anthony showtime pettis will not give him respect and he's going to do the exact same thing to him and i'm gonna be honest with you anthony pettis beats him by ko that's going to be four finishes in a row losses in a row um and i think it's time that we really need to talk about cowboy shoney actually retiring um, it's not going to happen. He's probably going to be one of those guys that ends up competing until he's 50. But we got to be worried about dudes like this. And that's the thing when you really think about it, man. This is how it happens. When you're a company man like Cowboy has been, he's been that company man. He's been that dude that goes out there and says, yo, you know, I, I, I fight forever. I want to go ahead and fight next week. I don't need the short notice. He doesn't have enough time to pretty much fix the holes in his game. And then when he goes out there, he gets torched. 
Um, it's unfortunate, but it's true, and it's something that happens to a lot of different fighters. Um, but we'll end up seeing what happens, man. And the mental game of combat sports is so deep. It's not like another, any other sports. You have nerves from other sports because you're going to go ahead and compete, but you're not putting your life on the line. You're not putting your health at risk. You're doing that when you're doing these combat sports, whether it be boxing, MMA, kickboxing, grab, no matter what it is, you're doing those things. And that does not happen when you're actually going out here with like, you know, in combat sports. So former middleweight champion Robert Whitaker says he pulled out of his last fight because he needed a break. Um, a lot of us thought it was because of he had health reasons and we thought he was doing um, a, a bone marrow transplant for his daughter. And that was kind of what everyone was saying. But that's not the case. He literally pulled out because he said, mentally, I couldn't do it. He got beat up and knocked out by Israel, the last style bender out of Sanya in a championship against the largest crowd in UFC history. And then he turns around and he was supposed to fight Jared Cannonier, the, 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 the killer gorilla. You know what I'm saying? So he's going to fight this dude. And he said it was a Christmas day. He was running up the hill and, you know, getting his cardio in. And then he turns around and realized, yo, what am I doing? I've been doing all these health issues. I've been going through this. I need to spend time with my family. That's the reason he ended up pulling out of the fight card. And I'll be honest with you guys. I'm not mad at him. I'm not mad at him, yo. How are we going to be mad at somebody for going out there and saying, look, man, I need a break. I need some time off. The fight game is rough, man. He had in this, literally three years of title fights and injuries. That's it. It's a lot to get through, man. I'm not mad at him. Um, Robert Whitaker is one of the good guys in the sport. I'm really, really happy that he's back. And um, I'm really happy that he he manned up and was honest. It was like, man, fuck this. Yo, I'm taking a break. And I'll be back when I come back. And I think he'll actually be back. From, from his words, he'll be back, um, honestly, towards the end of this year. So I look forward to him. Salute to Robert Whitaker and his family, man. Again, one of the best guys in the sport. All right. Um, we're gonna close out the show with this today, uh, and and this is this is gonna be fun, man. Mike Tyson, Mike Tyson has been everywhere um, on social media. If you haven't seen him already, you need to somewhere like here. I'm thinking, yeah, right here. I put a little video up and post for you guys. But uh, <laughs> Mike Tyson has looked incredible in terms of um, what he's been doing. He looks incredible shape, and he says he wants to do three round fights, three round um, bouts or whatever, charity fights and shit like that. And Bare Knuckle FC has recently offered Mike Tyson $20 million to go out there and actually compete. And the rumor is that he's going to fight Shannon, the Cannon Briggs, Bronzeville stand-up, two Bronzeville residents going out there and are, might end up competing in Bare Knuckle FC. Do I think this shit's going to happen? Negatory. Is it fun to talk about? Fuck yes. Um, Mike looks in incredible shape right now. Shannon Briggs is always in incredible shape. If they fought in a three-round slobber knocker in Bare Knuckle FC, I am here for all the smoke. I really am. I can't wait. Shout out to, to the fellas out there, um, <laughs> Steven Jack and, uh, and Matt Barnes. Shout out to them and all the smoke, man. But um, look. I, I, we'll see what happens. Do I think he's going to actually compete? No. Do I believe he should compete? Fuck no. Um, but if he does, will I be watching? 1,000%. Yes. I'm definitely watching that, man. I can't wait. 
Um, but look, all in all, bro, uh, it's been an incredible one today. This weekend, I cannot wait. Like I said, all the fighters have weighed in. Everything is set for UFC 249. It's happening tomorrow, May 9th. Um, my fight picks her up. We'll see how you do. Uh, and at the end of the day, man... This has been the greatest combat sports and culture show in the entire universe. I am your host, the Underground King, Serge Vicente. And uh, actually, really quick before we take off, um, the Scrappy Hour will be actually up. We'll go do a short uh, Scrappy Hour, a pre-fight show. It'll be pre-fight, so you can check it out right on the Fight Podcast um, IG Live. That'll be happening tomorrow. Um, there'll be some advertisements and shit coming up about that, so we'll be talking about that. Warming up to the main card, so we'll be doing that for a second. For you guys hopefully bringing on some guests some fun fans and more so uh without further ado um this has been serge center the host of the fight podcast i love you guys thanks for listening until next time right here on the fight podcast deuces <laughs>